Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Sidekick TV. Today, I'm joined by Phil Pryor from Family Business Central, and today we're talking about how do you actually, or how can you run a family business more efficiently, whether you're looking to grow it or, or what have you, um, but just really talking about the differences between what is a family business and a standard commercial business. So, um, Phil, thank you very much Rick. for joining us. Fantastic to be here. Yes. Yeah. Um, Phil, we'll kick straight into it. Look, the, um, uh, the first question I've got really is, what do you see, what are the main differences you see between a typical commercial business, typical SME, um, versus a typical family business. Okay, so first off, New Zealand is the land of family business, right? And but we don't know it. And the the main difference between an SME and a, and a family business, ironic, well, pretty obviously, right, is you have family members involved. So the moment you've got family involved there you have two lots of issues that you're dealing with. You're dealing with the business issues, how do you grow it, you know, increase your productivity, your, your income, all that sort of thing. Everything that an SME is dealing with. And then you add the family dynamics onto that. And the, you know, and we define a, a family business as, you know, two or more family members, you know, working together that 100% owned by the family, right? So that actually covers a lot of family businesses. And so the moment you get the, the, the business and then the family involved, you've got twice as many dynamics. Um, because what we find, whether this is a, a family farm or whether it's a business, there's massive identification by the family with the business. And so they're involved, they've heard it being talked about around the dinner table for years and years. And, and so you actually have to take both of those issues into account. So actually it makes it more complex. Uh, interesting, but more complex. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And that's it. I suppose that's a clear distinction, isn't it? That um, <clears throat> you don't have employees generally that you've had sat around the dinner table for the last 20 years. <laughs> exactly right. And, and so we constantly talk about which hat are you wearing? Because in a family business, you could be mum, you could be dad, you can be the director, you can be the shareholder, you can be the manager, uh, you could be the daughter, the son, you know, the, the CEO. So which conversation are you having? And, um, you know, are you in a director's meeting right now? And exactly the same people in the director's meeting might be sitting around the dinner table later that night. Um, and so it can get very confusing because sometimes you wonder, well, what conversation are we having here? Or the other one is you never stop talking about the business and you never start, never stop, never actually get a chance to just be mum, dad, and the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And so these distinctions are really important. Um, and so sometimes we'll say to people, select exactly where you have your board meeting and don't have any other meeting there. So that the, the room is the, if you like, the context marker for this is where we have board meetings, these are the board discussions we have. You know, don't do everything around the kitchen table, which tends to happen. Yeah. Because what are the, you know, are there any typical structures that you see with these businesses or that you have to implement? Like you say, this is your meeting space. Yeah. Um, because otherwise I can imagine it would just, it would all just blend into one. That's the problem. It all blends into one. And the, and, and so you get a lot of confusion. Um, and we often see families who just, and they're running very successful businesses, but it's like, there's this feeling of, you know, we never stop talking about the business. And, and if you think about it, you're actually combining your two most precious things in the world your business 
and your family, all right? So love and money is a very potent brew, right? And, and so there are things that you've got to do. So some of the structures um, are, well, if you take an SME, right? Your basic SME structures are your shareholders, your directors, your management, right? And, and that's exactly the same for a family business. But if you're a family business, you've then got, what's the family governance, right? And a lot of it is around expectations and being really clear to have the conversations early. And so, you know, we, we obviously a lot of family businesses are thinking around succession. And the and there's an enormous resistance um, to talking about succession. I think partly it's like for the founders, it's like, ooh, it means I'm getting old or what do I do and all that sort of thing. You know, we could spend a long time talking about that stuff. But the the succession always comes in three parts. It comes in the succession of ownership, succession of leadership, or who's going to run the joint really, and directorship. Now those all don't have to happen at the same time, but what we're urging all family businesses to do is start talking about this stuff early. Mm. Right? We, we were working with a family recently where um, it was mum and dad and they've got a couple of investments and a, and a really good business. Now they're talking to their kids and the youngest in that room was 13. Right. And the oldest was 20 and they started having these conversations. So what it was really saying is let's be clear around the expectations. You kids, if you want to come and work in this, here are the rules. Here's the, here are the expectations. This is what we need of you. That is brilliant. Right. Um, equally, we've worked with some family businesses, thankfully not too many, where it hasn't worked. They haven't had the conversations and so expectations have um, clashed. Uh, conflict has risen. Um, and often it's around fairness, right? And, uh, and that, that issue of being able to have the honest conversations, balancing out fairness because you're dealing with money and identity and, and all that sort of thing. Now, if you have those things early, you start getting some of those things in place, makes it so much easier right? um, on that. So probably more than anything, I'd be saying to people, start talking about this stuff as early as you can. <clears throat> Where we've seen it go wrong um, with succession, and it's not isolated to family businesses, um, but it's when it's just based on an assumption. Yeah. You know, someone's like, well, I've built this up, and when I leave, that person's going to take it on. Yeah. How aware is that person of this plan yeah and and the and and you then just double or triple that effect um when you have a family i um yeah you know, I, I was in a family meeting recently and and uh, the the son had been running the business and and uh, the daughter hadn't been that involved and the other two weren't involved at all and and i asked the the mum. i said okay so in your estate planning what, what's how are you going to split up the shares and she said, oh, look, I think probably 80% to my son and 20% to my daughter and none to the other two. And she thought that was fair. And the daughter's immediate response was, so I'm only worth 20% then, mum. <laughs> so it, it's, and, and it's this ongoing negotiation of what is fair. I mean, I still get caught up with my two daughters, right? I didn't, you know, my youngest said that I didn't pay enough money for her or as much money for her 18th birthday as I did for my oldest daughter, right? So, you know, we all fall foul of this. <laughs> But it's, an, it's a perception. Right? And so the work that you guys do is incredibly important because we get the, we get the finances, we get you know, all of that stuff lined up. And then what we bring in is effectively managing the emotions around that 
you know, so that people can have the conversations around once we've got the facts in line and, and terms of what does this mean to you, right? And 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 be very clear about what's going to happen with that going forward. And, and what does that look like in terms of uh, a, a document or a conversation? Because you know, we uh, when we're talking typical SMEs, one of the most important documents you can have is a really well written shareholder Absolutely. agreement. Yep. And when we've got uh, clients that are friends going into business, oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. please one do in. this. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, don't worry, we're mates. Yeah, we're good friends. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so what do you do in a, what documentation do you create or, or get these guys to adhere to? So all of that, what you're saying is absolutely critical um, for a family business. And then we add another layer. So we call that business governance, right? Your shareholders agreements, your trusts, all that sort of thing have got to be lined up. And and yes, they, they probably are very good friends when they start, but the risk is they'll become very poor friends you know, if they don't have that documentation in place. The thing that we add is what we call family governance. And so this is primarily made up of two things. One is what we call a family charter. So this is a document that could be 20, sometimes 30 pages. And we've sat, we sit at family around the table and go, okay, what does it mean to be part of this family? What are the values? What's your vision? Particularly what's your long-term vision? And we get families to think 40 years ahead, which yeah. normally freaks them out. But we actually, if you are going to pass this on to future generations, if you want to build a legacy, you've got to be thinking that far ahead. And so in the family charter, we get the, the, the rules. You know, how does the family deal with money? Simple things, what's the dividend policy? Um, what are the rules for coming to work in the business? Um, how are the assets going to be protected, right? In terms of, is it trust? Do the, do the kids get shares? How do you manage in-laws, right? And in-laws get a bad rap, um, but the reality is, you can't have a next generation without the in-laws, right? So, and it's interesting, a lot of in-laws are the ones who contact us because they're worried that they can see that there's going to be a, an almighty crash if they don't sort things out, right? Um, so the family charter is, is a, an incredibly important document. It's a living document. We review it every five years. Um, and it has everything from the succession plan through to how do we want to support our kids, say, you know, the, the grandkids' education fund, or, you know, things like that. It covers all sorts of issues. And it's a fantastic process for the family to sit around and just start talking about it. Right? And interestingly, they're not actually that complicated documents. You look at them and they go, oh, makes common sense, right? The thing is the family has sat around and discussed them. That's the really cool part. Now, and part of that is also what we call the family council. And the family council is to the family what the board is to the business. And so the family council meets usually twice a year and it's core family members. And so the, in, the family council will talk about, uh, okay, what's happening in the family? You know, we've got birthdays or Christmas or something like that coming up. What's happening with the business? What are the financials looking like? What's happening with some of our investments? You know, what's happening there? Um, now there's a very clear distinction between the family council and the board. Even though majority of the people on the family council are on the board often, um, but it's being again, which hat and which conversation are you having here? So the family council will give direction, the board will make decisions because we don't want any sort of shadow directorship being com coming in or anything like that. But the family council is the one that's going, yeah, we want to head in that direction. Or someone's putting their hand up going, well, I'd like a, an opportunity to, you know, see if I can get a position in the, in the business. Um, or I've got a new business idea, you know, that might in fact, you know, e e enable the whole business to grow. Um, so there's all sorts of wonderful possibilities, but it just sets up this framework. And so that family governance of, 
So family governance or family charter and family council is really important to sort of work with and alongside the fact the business governance that, that you, know, you talked about before. Mm. Yeah, mm. perfect, mm. perfect. And it, <clears throat> I would imagine it's like um, a lot of the things, say when I'm talking with my um, fellow shareholders and you're going, oh, well, hang on, what do we do about this? Because there might be yeah. some area of conflict that we're thinking could be on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. And we've used it many times before, and it's just a simple, well, what does the shareholders agreement say? Absolutely. And, and we would then go, what, is the, what are our values say? What does our family charter say? Um, and, and, the, and because it's been thought through, and, and one of the key parts in the family charter is, how do we deal with conflict? Right. There's no way you can eliminate conflict. Right? It's managing it and it's making sure it doesn't what we call break the Christmas dinner rule. Right? So that there's going to be arguments. Right? There's just going to be, you know, it's family. Right? Um, but we want it to be at a level where it can be managed, where it can be resolved. <coughs> Excuse me. And they can literally sit around uh, at the table at the end of the year and celebrate. Yeah. Right? Um, that's the important part. And if you've got this stuff written down, you're not relying on memories. Uh, which is dreadful. Um, you know, I've got a family where they had meetings 15 years ago and nothing was written down and the interpretations of what was discussed 15 years ago were just wildly different. Write it all down. And they're all <coughs> anticipating to get their outcome from That's this right. meeting 15 exactly. years ago. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And and so at one level this is not rocket science, but it's it, it you know, get the stuff in place. So that family that, you know, with the 13 year old in they got, we got a family charter together, very basic, because you know, there's a lot more things to be discussed later on, but they got the basics in place, right? It was, it was a very quick process, they, they sorted. Um, the longer you leave it, the harder that process is, right? And, and I know one family we've worked with, it's like, if we worked with them, started working with them 10 years ago, they would have been fine. Unfortunately, they're not. Yeah. And and that's the that's the disasters that we want to prevent. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because frankly, yes, they've lost some money, but actually, the bigger price is they've lost the family. Yeah, that's that's the risk you run here. Yeah, and so we often talk about our, describe our work as preventing future conflict. Mm. Yeah, that's our job. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and as you talk about that, it's a great segue to kind of the the last point of this, which is. You know, we said we wanted to do this video because hopefully it'll be helpful to people that, may have, that you may have found yourself accidentally in this situation of being in a family business. You'd said it could be, you know, a typical scenario, chap starts a business. Yes. Wife typically then joins that business, usually to make it run a lot better. <laughs> and, and also there's often the assumption you don't have to pay family you know, initially. <laughs> yes. yeah, <laughs> like you yeah. just get the labour in for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you said you might then draw in a, um, another family member, yeah. an in-law, a brother or sister, yeah. or you might have a child that then starts, you know, gets to the age of starts working in the business. So, so to help businesses that have just found themselves in this situation, where should they start? What's some of the first two or three things they could be doing to help prevent future pain? Yeah, look, I think it is um, it, first realizing actually these are these are issues, these are risks, right? And and it really is a it, it's when you've got everybody there, um, it it's it's starting to have the conversations, particularly around the expectations as we were saying right and so gone are the days frankly where the older son always takes over the business all right we work on merit and 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 the the you you're looking at you start having conversations and when you when you talk about succession 
um, we talk about be your best generation. And so we think about, so the mum and dad who might have started this, right? And they've worked their guts out and they've taken all sorts of risks and sleepless nights and all that sort of thing. So we then go, well, starting to think for them, if you want to pass this on, you know, then what is your next plan for you, right? Succession doesn't mean you're put out to pasture. That's the great worry. Um, we've had- I've just lost my purpose. I've just lost my total purpose, my whole reason for getting up in the morning. Yeah. Right? Um, we've had a hundred year old still working in the business, right? And he'd, he'd, he'd passed his shares and a directorship onto his son, came in two days a week, he had a wonderful time, right? And he was magnificent. So it's, it's a matter of what involvement do you want as mum and dad going forward? How do you create space? for the next generation who want to come in and also how do we make sure that they've got the right skills it's that merit thing again you don't just come in because you're a family member right it it, it will wreck your business basically um, on that so it's start to have some of those conversations um, they're often seen as scary conversations they're not they're actually really good conversations they're ones where you can see the kids going wow there's opportunities here i'd never thought of and the and the parents are going wow we can do all sorts of things here right we can still be involved if we want to um and and my what i say to them is look you you've worked all these years you cherry pick the things that you really love doing and go do them right and if that means you work you know one day a week or a few days a month great or if you want to be involved in some of their great um because the younger generation got to earn their stripes yeah. right and the, then there's a conversation in terms of being your best generation. What's the best generation? What's the best thing for that senior generation? What's the best thing for the next generation? And then having that conversation because they'll bring different ideas. You know, the senior generation often worries that the younger generation don't really know and all that sort of thing. And the younger generation go, God, these guys can't even turn on a computer. <laughs> um, actually combine them together and there's real, there's fantastic stuff mm. that comes out of that. Yeah. So it's it's more start having the conversation, start thinking about it. Um, the fear that's often around that is never as bad as it actually is in reality, yeah. right? We tend to catastrophize, going, "Oh my God, they want to kick me out, or they're going to put me out." No, yeah. actually, um, and it, it's nowhere near as bad. And in fact, it's way way better um, when you when we get a family sitting around the room. Now we had. 16 people in a room um, mm. a couple of months ago. And this was the grandmother who she and her husband started the business. Her three kids were in their 60s and their wives and husbands and eight grandchildren. Right? And it was brilliant, right? And you could just see the family both coming together, but equally owning this whole process of, you know, let's build this thing. Let's really take one of the 21 year old grandkids was doing a law degree and she's going, Yep, I can see something here. Yeah, you know, I know what I need to do here. I know, I know how I need to tweak my degree. Wonderful. Right? Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does very cool stuff. Yeah, fantastic. And then, and, and another couple of things that I'd reiterate that you've said today, which I just see all the time, especially my um, you know, husband and wife client yes. businesses, is that set the place for the meetings so it isn't every other opportunity you know just after you've put the kids to bed or just after you've done like actually have your work time but have your personal, personal time, time as absolutely. well yeah. um and uh and write things down um, yes but share the fact that you're writing them down don't just keep your own little notes <laughs> and say no no you said this exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly and so so and and, it, and it's not actually rocket science mm. it's just doing it and putting it into place and um and 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 again that's that level of transparency 
Um, and, a, and a larger family, it's managing those issues of fairness. And some people feel like, well, I should be doing this. And, well, okay, tell me why and, and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, so, and that fairness thing is emotional. Um, you know, I worked with a farmer who, the, 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 it wasn't the oldest son, it was the youngest son actually wanted to take the farm on. And, you know, but dad didn't have another $4 million worth of farm to give to his son to give to his other four kids. So how do we manage that? And we found a really elegant way of doing that. Um, so it's, it's, it's both the, that dealing with the numbers, that rational stuff, and dealing with the emotional. Because right? family is all about emotions. Right? And every family will say, we won't let the business wreck our family. Right? Or a couple will say, we won't let the business wreck our relationship. Right. Now, you just can't leave that to luck. You know, do some planning, as you say, the shareholders agreements, the family governance stuff, and then you're in a really good position yeah. to do some very cool things. Yeah, mm. awesome. Oh, thank you so much for that, Phil. It's That's a great. Pleasure. Hopefully you've been um, making notes as you've been watching this. Yes. Um, there's been some absolute gold and some great war stories as well. So thank you, Phil. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, and we'll be posting Phil's uh, contact details and web address uh, where we post this video as well. So if you feel like you want to reach out to the professionals early on do so um, but thank you Phil as well for that gold in there that you know people can start this process themselves so. and it's not complicated yeah. it doesn't have to be complicated the longer you leave it the more complicated it gets actually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, wonderful thanks Rick thank it's you. a huge pleasure cheers, cheers. thank you Great.